0: is Naturally Strong, the show that helps you use your powers for good. I'm your host, Cameron Nelson. In today's episode, we're going to introduce the co-hosts of Naturally Strong, including Jenna Christensen, Katie Cavley, Emma Power, and myself, Cameron Nelson. We'll discuss what has brought us to positive psychology, some of our own character strengths, and our motivation to bring strengths to our community. So... Welcome, everyone, to our podcast. I'm going to go ahead and start with some brief introductions. So, Jenna, we're going to start with you, and then we'll go to Katie and Emma. So, Jenna, whenever you're ready, can you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Jenna Christensen. Uh, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology from MSUB. Um, Currently working on my master's. Uh, My strengths are humor, creativity, love of learning, curiosity, and judgment. Awesome. Thanks, Jenna. Katie.
2: Hi, my name is Katie Cavley. I have a bachelor's in psychology, and I'm currently finis- finishing my master's in psychology as well to become a licensed therapist. And my top five character strengths are humor, spirituality, gratitude, judgment, and prudence.
0: Thanks, Katie. Emma
3: my name is emma power i have a bachelor of science in psychology from msub and i'm currently pursuing my master's there my top five character strengths are critical thinking fairness bravery appreciation of beauty and excellence and humor
0: awesome and i'm cameron nelson i have a doctorate in clinical psychology and i'm a um, assistant professor at montana state university billings and my top five character strengths include critical thinking honesty, perseverance, spirituality, and love of learning. So since we have started with our top five character strengths, um, can you guys think a little bit about what makes you unique? Like we know that character strengths can be shared. Like even some of us share similar character strengths, but the way we use those can be really different. So can we take a second and just talk about what makes you unique and how you're using your character strengths to help you be more unique?
2: I like to use my character strengths um, to connect with people a bit so humor and spirituality especially um, I definitely use to connect with people whether that's talking them through um, concerns or issues that they might have or some things that they're struggling with as well as just using humor to connect with people in a lighter way um, something that just kind of like fills the room um, with a warm sense of uh, sensation and even people who don't typically use humor I somehow find a way to tap in and find their humor and and interact with that way
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense to me Katie with the time that we've spent together like like those two character strengths for you really pull you toward people and pull people toward you too like people see those parts of you and, and they enjoy it and they like it and that that really helps you in all the things that you're doing both as a student but also probably just as a family member and also as um like a therapist yeah absolutely I love it awesome
1: I think there's just an interesting combination of them all, even though they are rated, you know, we have, like, a one through a five. You're using each one independently, sometimes in conjunction, and then, like, in just different ways all the time. Um, humor's <laughs> always my number one, um, which I love. It's just, like, a really versatile language to speak to people with. You can use it, you know, like subtly or... Um, like more gregarious or slapstick with it whatever works for that person like everybody connects with humor in some way um and you know the overuse of it we (laughs) talk about (laughs) that (laughs) too sometimes we lean a little too hard um but I definitely think that and creativity are just the two that I lean on the most um but I appreciate all my strengths like they're all hopeful Right. It's
0: great. As we start to get to know what our strengths are and expand on them and explore them, then we can really actually start to leverage them. Right. And, and keep it in that optimal zone and not so much in the under or overuse for sure. Yeah.
3: Thanks. I think my appreciation of beauty and excellence makes me unique. Um, appreciation of beauty and excellence can entail like things that you see outside that are cool or like literature or science it can encompass any number of things but I just love finding new ways to use it and I love using it in my interactions with people especially it just makes interacting with people way easier when you can appreciate them and it's also what drew me to psychology in the first place I'm like hey look this is beautiful and excellent sounds great
0: (laughs) so I love it that's awesome So I think for me, um, this combination, I had a friend once tell me, like, you are the most interesting combination of both emotion and intellect that I've (laughs) ever met. (laughs) So for me, it really is this idea of um, critical thinking combined with love, which love is not in my top five right now. It's dropped down to number six. But the relationships, but thinking a lot and that combination, I think that that makes me pretty unique that I use a lot of brain, but I also use a lot of heart at the same time. Mm -hmm. So Emma, get ready, because I'm going to start with you on the next question. And here's why. Because the question is, what empowers (laughs) you? (laughs) And so, you know, every once in a while, I like to call Emma power, empower. So Emma, what empowers you?
3: I think what empowers me the most are the people that I have around me and the opportunities that I've had, like the opportunity to go to college and to study under really passionate people and the opportunity to um, work at the Center for Wellbeing and all of the cool, really passionate people around me. I don't think that I could really be where I am in my life if it weren't for the people around me. And so learning from them and working with them empowers me and gives me strength.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Jenna. Um. Wow, that's a really good answer. Thanks. <laughs> I, <have to laughs> I stole now. it. <laughs> 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 I did the good kind of one. That's right. Um. Mm, try to beat that. No. What empowers me? Um. I'll. i can be like corny, and I think my children empower me mm. a lot because they like have mm. this little like human all the time watching and listening and seeing everything that you're doing, and so like it's this huge motivation to like do better and be better as an example and just um for them as well so I find them very empowering I yeah. love them. yeah you have great kids thank you yeah I'll keep them <laughs>
0: <Sounds> okay good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll let you <laughs> sounds good all right Katie
2: um honestly what empowers me is I'm I I would agree with Emma to it's a lot having to do with the people that you surround yourself with I can look back at like different parts of my life and realize like, oh, I didn't really have a great group of people surrounding me. And that really changed how I viewed myself and how I acted and how I treated other people and just how I held myself in general. And I've noticed as I started to really, you know, pick and choose who's allowed in my life and who's not, um, I feel like having more positive people and people who are striving to do better, whether it's for themselves or they want to make a difference. Anything having to do with that nature really empowers me. Just surrounding myself with people who want to be that way encourages me to be that way and reminds me, like, why I feel such a passion in this field.
0: That's awesome. It's amazing to me how much other people are really affecting all of us. So I'm going to kind of flip this on its head a little bit. But listening to you guys, actually... Um, I'm gonna go the opposite direction. I think that my dad has empowered me, right? And um, he passed away more than a year ago, but he's always been kind of that wind beneath my wings. Like he had this um, work ethic that was just massive. And I just learned that I had to keep on keeping on. And it is so much easier when you find something that you're passionate about to keep on keeping on. But um, I think that his model of work ethic really has empowered me to keep trying. Because, I mean, he graduated from high school at 18 and never went to college. He adopted two boys when he was 18 years old and raised a family of seven. Like, it's just kind of crazy that he just kept on keeping on. So um, I think he's probably, you know, the, the thing that's kind of always running in the back of my mind is, yep, you just keep doing the thing. So I know we kind of already answered this in our, um, in our introductions, but the next question is what education do you have? So you guys talked about having bachelor's degrees and working on your master's. Can we talk a little bit more about that? And let's just talk about it. Like Let's just have a chat about what's it's been like to get a bachelor's in psychology and then also to be continuing to pursue a higher education beyond that. It's a lot of work. I don't think people really realize what you guys are going through. So what are your thoughts about the education that you're receiving?
2: think all three of us have very different experiences with how we've gone about getting our education. That's true. Um, so we're all very different. Um, I was in and out, so as soon as I graduated high school, got in got my bachelor's, I think I did it in five years because I split it between two different colleges, so that kind of adds some time to it. Sure. Um, and then I just went full head of steam into my master's, and I think a lot of people have told me that's the best thing you could have ever done, and I don't know any difference, so I wouldn't be able to say otherwise, but um, all of us are very different in how we've achieved our education. So
0: Yeah, I think probably Jenna and I have a somewhat similar path where I finished my bachelor's and waited seven years to come back and get my master's, and then I went straight into my doctorate. Li- like, I did my master's and just kept going. So that's a difference, but it's something
1: similar, like a nice break between bachelor's and master's. Yeah, my education... Um, in no way it was a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it wasn't. It was not, um, and I changed paths uh, pretty drastically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you did. Um, that changed, and I did. I took like a ten-year hiatus to you know have a family and do all of that in between going back and getting my master's. Um, so I needed the time in between, and I think that's important. Like some people aren't ready for college right away, and I wasn't. My dad died right after I got out of high school, and it really rocked my world. And changed my outlook on, like, what I wanted to do and what my passions were. Like, it totally changed everything. Um, So I needed time in between to kind of figure those things out um, because I wasn't sure at 18, which – is a ridiculous thing mm-hmm. to ask an eighteen-year-old what they want to do with the rest of their lives. I love that Emma just and Emma's, th- Emma's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, but right. listen, she's nineteen. Okay, let's be it's clear. Okay, that <laughs> year, it's, it's totally, totally different. different. Hey. Some people are driven and know from the beginning what they want, and that is beautiful. And amazing for you, and I'm very (laughs) envious.
3: (laughs) See, I didn't actually initially know what I wanted, because I started taking dual credit college classes when I was like 14, and I thought I was going to be an education major, because um there were three generations of education majors before me, so I'm like, okay, family legacy. I'll be an education major, and then I started and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> this is <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I don't want to work with children. I don't want to do any of this. And then so <laughs> I was like, hey, but I really liked Psych 101. So let's just do that. And then here I am, you know. And yeah. I went straight from my bachelor's into my master's. So uh, I'm glad you chose this field. Cause Thank you. Oh it's my
0: gosh, so that you could such a good me. fit for you. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we are so glad to have you a part of us. And I didn't Thank realize you. that we both started out as education majors. Yeah. yeah, awesome. So, yeah, my freshman year in college, we won't say when that was. No. It was many a year ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a music ed major, and I took Psych 100 in my freshman year, and I went, oh, I'm changing my major. <laughs> yeah, I knew that that was the right fit. So that's interesting. Awesome. So what are you guys hoping, um, you're all now in the master's program, um, I think Katie and Jenna are going to be finishing up here in December, and Emma's just starting, just starting. So what's it like, what, what, what advice would you give Emma, li- like now that you guys are kind of wrapping it up some, what do you think would be helpful for Emma to hear as she's just starting her education in ma- with a master's in psych? You got
1: anything? the top of your head here, Katie?
2: I'm so, like, organization-based that I'm instantly, like, straight to that. But you're literally, you finished your bachelor's (laughs) (laughs) two months ago. So I'm not really concerned about your college organization skills because that's my number one tip is, like, keeping your everything, every assignment listed in a huge, long checklist for the whole semester. That's that's my big tip for (laughs) college (laughs) students. Nice. And and have a d-
0: nice schedule and time management and organization of materials, that
1: makes sense. And I think like my advice probably would have been to like find a good mentor in the program to help you guide there. But you already you already have one, so you're totally set. Like those <laughs> nice. are the things you like organization and a good mentor. You got it. Nice. So you're going to do fine. No self-care, no nothing.
0: <laughs> just um, organize <laughs> your stuff.
1: You will never be more neurotic than you are as a master student. So good luck with the self-care. Until care.
0: you get into your doctoral program, <laughs> and then you'll be you doubly <laughs> neurotic.
1: <laughs> you're going to have so many tools, though. You're going to be fine. <coughs> I'm going to be empowered. You will be Ooh. empowered. Emma
0: Power is empowered. Okay. So we also kind of touched on this, but let's chat about this one next one, too. What connects you to people? Katie, you were talking about, you know, using your humor and your spirituality to connect to people. Do you want to expand on that, or do you want me to switch the floor to somebody else while you think about it?
2: I can think about it. You guys can go ahead on that.
0: What connects you to other people? I mean, you also mentioned appreciation of beauty and excellence.
3: Yeah, I mean, appreciation of beauty and excellence, it's just, it's really important in interacting with people because sometimes – you can tend to treat people as just like another obstacle to be handled. But if you can see something in them that's like really cool and really excellent, then it just it makes you more compassionate and it makes you happier in your own way.
0: Yeah, and uh, that was probably one of the things that I noticed about you early on, Emma. Just in class as a student and, and me as a professor, like your interactions like you we're always looking for positive things in other people. Like that that really definitely impressed me
1: very early on. Jenna, what about you? Um, I think curiosity is probably mm. the one that helps me stay connected the most like I just genuinely want to know more about everything, <laughs> not to and like the people around me, why the things are working the way they do. Like there's just always a curiosity and wanting to know more and to like that that with the love of learning together. Like people are puzzles. I'm Mm kind of putting it all together right and to figure it out so um i think that helps me connect yeah because sometimes i can be like off on my own world
0: (laughs) sure and that does help you not just as a therapist but definitely as we've been doing assessments right that curiosity about how does this part of this person that we just kind of have this data on now and stuff how does that come together so that we can describe a person and get them the help that they deserve Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense Katie, you ready?
2: Yeah, I honestly, I would say spirituality a lot because even when it comes to people that I don't necessarily connect with naturally or like I just don't (laughs) want to, um, I can tap into my spirituality and my gratitude as well and just kind of see like, where's the other side of the coin on this? um, Like, you know, why, why might this person be, you know, struggling in this way or behaving in this way, or how am I perceiving things wrong? Like, what am I doing to contribute to the situation? What could I do to diffuse the situation or improve it and make it more positive? And then also just seeing it for, like, in a gratitude perspective, like, how can I learn from the situation? Right. <laughs> right. So, like, being reflective of what am I doing? Like, how can I change to make the situation more positive? Just overall, what is the situation teaching me? Because I think, deep down I truly do believe that everything happens like with a purpose whether it's even just to teach you something even if it was not an <laughs> enjoyable experience mm-hmm. if you learned something it was meant for that so right. that's where I think I find a lot of connection yeah,
0: yeah. so if I'm getting hearing you right um, it's that spirituality gives you that perspective that everything has a purpose including interactions even with difficult people l- l- like and so I'm just going to keep working on that I'm going to keep because there's value here for sure okay G- and that's actually what I was thinking too like what helps me to connect with people is that spirituality that every person has value like, like every single person has value and as soon as I say that I th- my honesty goes you don't really <laughs> believe that <laughs> <laughs> and in general I do think it's true when I say that what I mean is like I do think that some people have had so many usually traumatic experiences that they've been able to turn off those parts of themselves. And they, you know, and I'm talking extreme, like like this is less than 1% of the entire population. On the planet right but there are some really extreme people that you know their value has become so hard that they just can't access it anymore so unfortunately but in general i do think that every single person has value and and deserves like my time my respect my presence my space and that doesn't mean i'm good at it all the time because i'm often not but that that does help me to connect with people for sure
3: so is that how you'd explain spirituality in your own words is that every person has a purpose
0: Um, I think that spirituality does help with purpose and meaning, right? Meaning is such an important part of having a life of well-being, right, is finding some meaning. But I don't think it has to have a spiritual spin on it. But I do think that from my perspective, that spirituality and meaning have a lot of connection, right? They really yeah. dovetail together. But not every single person has to have spirituality, and they can still have meaning.
1: Well, spirituality doesn't have to mean like an ethos or a specific ideology. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. It doesn't have to be a religion, right? Um, so, so, but I do think that there's a lot of meaning and purpose. So value and meaning and pers- purpose brings me into um, spirituality, I think. Yeah. Thanks, Emma. So what motivates you guys? I mean, for me personally, I'm
2: very goal-oriented. I'm very much like, let's have a checklist. So, But that's pretty simple in terms I also, I'd say I'm very motivated by other people committing. I won't say like committing to me, but um, investing in me. You know, when I can see other people see my worth and, oh, what I'm doing is actually valued or, you know, it means something to even one other person, I think that's very
0: So it's the combination of goals and how other people, how it affects other people, how important it is to others. So I have these goals, but they're just not my own goals that motivate me. It's like I have goals that are helping others, that are connected to the needs of others, that that help all of us meet all of our goals. Something like that? Am I getting close?
3: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, coffee does motivate me. I agree. But in the grand scheme of things, I'd say that what motivates me is knowing that people need help. I mean, I think that's why a lot of us got into psychology. I know that's very deep for, like, what motivates you to get out of bed. But we all want to help people as psych majors. Like the other day, a friend of mine needed help moving stuff out of her flooded basement, and I didn't want to do it. But I'm like, she needs help, and you would want someone else to do it if you were in the same position. So that's kind of a rule that I try to live my life by, is treat others how you want to be treated.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that rings true for most people in this field. Like, the goal and what truly does motivate you deep down is trying to be like that positive change you see or you want to see in the world. Because all you can do is your part in it. Mm-hmm. So you're like, all right, well then we'll just have to be my life mission, Yes, so day by day. Guess yeah. I'm getting a doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
0: okay. So what motivates me? So I have. Um, Three part mission um, that I think also correlates highly with my spirituality. And so, the three things that I have is that I think that m- um, what I am here to do is to learn, to serve, and to grow. Those are the those are my missions. Those three things learn, serve and grow. So it's kind of my motto. And, um, you know, I do talk a lot about like using my powers for good. Like I talk about it all the time, like at the end of classes, at the end of announcements, at the ends of everything, like use your powers for good. So I think mine are, you know, I have to keep learning. It's just who I am. It's part of it's just pretty essential, pretty core. And then serving others, I think, is really, really important. And, I mean, different words, but the same thing, right? Helping others, seeing other people who need things that you can provide or helping them find the resources, if it's not you, connecting them with the resources to get what they need, right? And then just think growth and development, I think, is so important. And it's kind of similar to learning, but it's not at the same time like um so if you saw my lists <laughs> i think some of you have oh but yeah. i have a list of like what am i learning currently where am who am i serving and how am i serving them and then what are my growth areas And so I check in on those almost every day just to see which one of those three things, you know, or what parts of those things is going to be part of my day. So, and I I feel very, very blessed and very lucky that I'm at the point of my life where I get to choose what those things are, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have to get another degree. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) Must be nice. It is very nice. Um, And so I get to choose what I'm learning, right? I get to choose the activities that I'm engaged in, and I can just say no to some things too, which I know as an intern and as, um, you know, in your master's program and stuff like that, there's things that you kind of want to say no to, (laughs) but you know you really shouldn't, or that there might be consequences that you don't want to have to face. So you guys are going to get there. Yeah, it's going to be fabulous. So that's what motivates me. Nice. Okay. So what's your favorite thing about, this Says your career. I don't know if you're going to change that word, but what's your favorite thing about psychology or what you're doing with psychology? You guys are still students, but, you know, you're also starting to do some practice-type stuff. What's your favorite
1: part? I love that it's always changing. What like do you mean, Jenna? Like, this is a really evolving science still. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's young. Yeah, it's young. It's not something that's, like, been completely picked down and figured out, and we're just learning, you know. It's constant. There's new science. There's new information. There's new methods all the time. So there's this opportunity to constantly learn and be better and do better. And I don't think that happened. I mean, it's somewhat true in every field, but it's just this one. It's It like, feels like the crux of psychology, and I love that. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome.
2: Um, I truly, since I started working with clients and actually getting to do therapy getting the you know the pleasure of being able to do that and take part in it I've just really enjoyed getting to help people I know Emma just talked about this and like that's what motivates her is like getting to talk to people and like just help them and even sometimes when you're like you know I don't feel like doing this but (laughs) I I enjoy it um, or I want to help this person I just really enjoy getting to see even just the slightest bit of difference in helping them or Mm. you know shedding some light on something or you know having a different perspective and them going, oh, my gosh, that's so different (laughs) than how I ever perceived it. Um, Just getting to help people and be a part of helping them grow and getting to, you know, be healthier themselves and, you know, make their lives better, really. um, That's what I really enjoy about it.
0: For sure. That's awesome. And I want to come back around to that, so remind me at some point here in the next few minutes to come back around to that. Emma, do you have something to add?
3: Um, Well... My career is kind of, I have a lot of stuff going on, like I'm an intern, I tutor at the college, and I'm a student, but I love that all three of those use my character strengths a lot, like, especially critical thinking. Also, I'm very high in love of learning, it's just not in my top five, and that bravery and the humor, like, it just, I feel like I get to use the best version of myself in the field that I've chosen and in the jobs that I do.
0: That's awesome, right? So I love that you've kind of brought it back to character strengths again, Emma, that we have this opportunity to, because of the language that we have about our character strengths and that we've been able to heighten our awareness of that, that you can go, okay, in this moment, what character strength do I need to be using? And when you're using that character strength, it lifts you up. You're like, I like this, actually. I get to mm-hmm. be me, right? And in and, and future episodes, we're going to talk a lot about, When employees don't get the opportunity to use their character strengths and how difficult it is for them to really thrive and flourish in that employment setting if they're not getting to use their character Mm -hmm. strengths. So I think that that's really, really important for sure um I think at this stage in my career which is weird right so as a brand new tenure track professor I'm like a considered junior faculty even though I'm in my 50s (laughs) (laughs) so I mean I'm older so I have some experiences and I've been in the field for a while but not as a professor well I mean I taught but not as an assistant professor with a you know long-term contract possibilities so um I'm kind of at this place where I have a different perspective than maybe like a 20-something that would be starting as a professor, right, as a junior faculty. So I'm both a junior faculty, but I'm also a mentor because I've been around long enough, Mm. right? So it's kind of this interesting combination that I don't know that other junior faculty get to have right? L- like you wouldn't necessarily be bringing in lots of students to help you do things and stuff like that because you wouldn't be just in your life in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like this. Like I'm just starting a lot of my research and I'm pulling people in to help me with that research, right? And that we're just blossoming with these amazing ideas and what we're going to do with data and all that stuff. So it's kind of cool. Li- like I'm not sure that that happens for other junior faculty at the same time. So I think those are my two favorite things about it. So I'm going to come back to something that that both Katie and Emma said Mm -hmm. about helping people. So here's my question. There is this platitude out in the world that the only one you can change is yourself. The only person you can change is yourself. Yeah. What do you guys, how does that work? How do you think about that here as psychologists, as therapists, as students? Is that... W- where does that go for you, Jenna? <laughs> she just Rape. raised her hand. For those of you who can't see, <laughs> so like you I know it's
1: like we're in school. I have thoughts. Okay. First of all, I think that is some some bull hooky. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for keeping it G rated. <laughs> um, because we don't exist inside of a vacuum. Right. Like the change that we make does not only affect us; it affects everyone around us because we aren't <coughs> an island. Like, we are connected to all these other people. So any change we make is going to reverberate to all the people around us. If we're leaning into positivity, we're going to influence that kind of change in other people's lives. Like, we don't have to directly be trying to change someone else to influence them. Like, in changing ourselves and doing the better for ourselves, we are making things better for other people, too. We are helping, even if we can't facilitate something in their life specifically Mm -hmm. (laughs) like our own outlook could be the thing that changes theirs
0: right so i kind of hear you saying like there's passive opportunities to change others as i change myself and do some other things i certainly have circles of influence and people are going to see and notice that and that might affect them Mm -hmm. but then there's also active ways of change like you guys wouldn't be going to college if you didn't think that your professors could give you something that would change you right but like learning is all about change so sometimes we actively seek those that might help us to change so any other comments katie or emma
3: i think it's kind of just a wording issue i do agree that we do have influence on other people's lives but it starts with us like you can't change someone by doing Mm -hmm. nothing you change something about yourself what you're doing or how you act, and that does change somebody. So I think it's just worded very pessimistically, <laughs> and that's what Jenna didn't <laughs> like, mm-hmm, if that sounds mm-hmm. accurate. Yes, no,
1: that is that is very good thank but you. But, yeah,
3: kind of potato.
1: Potato, potato. Potato, potato, <laughs> potato, potato. I almost said it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I love it. What do you think, Katie?
2: Well, uh, what Jenna was saying, actually, not to go off too much on a tangent, but it just kind of reminded me of attachment theory and how we relate to and connect with other people. And so if the, you know, if we're being more positive, then the connections we're making with people are probably going to be more positive Mm -hmm. and impactful in that way. Um, so that just made me think of that, just how we connect with people and it's really important to our overall well um, but yes, change is very interesting topic.
0: Right, right. I mean, and, and it's, so there's some vocabulary semantics around just that statement, right? The only person you can change is yourself, um. And I think that we cannot force people to change, mm-hmm. right? We know this. We know this as, as just as human beings, we know this. But as psychologists, we know this too, right? Mm-hmm. That, that you cannot force another person to change. And um, I know we've talked about this in, in other settings that, um, you know, I don't work harder than my clients are. L- like I want you as a client and I'll work as hard as you will. And if you're working really hard, so will I. But if you're not working, I'm not going to work either, like, I'm not going to do the work for you because I can't. It's not because I'm not willing, but we're not actually going to change. You're not going to actually go the direction that you want to go. So there's a little bit of grain of truth in that. Like, we cannot force other people to change. And really, we only have the choice to actually change ourselves. However, all the things that we're doing changes other people. But, like, that, we have impact. We have the opportunity to change others, I think. Okay. What is your proudest accomplishment? I'll start. I'll go first because I haven't gone first. And I remember this from the last conversation um, that I had. And I really do think that my proudest accomplishment is my children. I love my kids, absolutely. And um, I think just, I'm not saying that they're perfect or that they don't have challenges and difficulties, but that they um, come together and they rely on each other, that we have good relationships. I think just... Being a mom and having really great kids are probably my greatest accomplishment. Like all the other stuff I love, but kids still top. (laughs) They still are the number one thing.
3: I'd probably have to say that my proudest accomplishment is my degree, but not just like, hey, look, I got a degree, yay. Like I started really young, but I also did well. I picked a field that I wanted and not the one that I felt like family peer Mm -hmm. pressure to go into. And I've, you know, I've learned great things. I've met great people. So when I say my proudest accomplishment is my degree, it's not just the fact that I have a degree. It's been that whole, it took me five years. It's been that whole five years of experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you definitely put the time in. And I think that that is definitely a model for a lot of young people. Like, you don't have to do what other people are expecting you to do if it's not the right fit for you. Mm -hmm. So find, find the thing that, that is a good fit for you.
3: Especially if it's
1: psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's even better. My part as accomplishment is probably just, um, like, the life I created for myself and my children.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, it was really intentional and it was hard fought. And, like, to be in the place that we are right now and doing the things that we are is, um, like, a testament to what we went through and the things that we persevered for. So, just like our actual lived experience. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Our scars can hold a
1: lot of um,
0: memories and perseverance. And we did it. Accomplishment, meaning, right? There's lots of things that, that, that those things hold. And they, they weren't fun and easy to go through. <laughs> but they definitely can help actually with your sense of well-being. The hard things that you go through are part of a sense of well-being. If we didn't have them, we wouldn't have any sense of well-being. So being able to get on the other side of them and look back, I think, is is really important. Knowing that you know you did the best you could, and you got there, yeah, big deal. <laughs> Thanks, Jenna. What about you, Katie?
2: I would. It's kind of a combination, kind of like both your answers. So it sounds like I stole your answers, but it's <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> but I would say my education is a is a big accomplishment for me, um, especially just, the like just how I grew up and everything, it, the odds were quite stacked against me <laughs> for getting my education, especially a master's degree. And um, I guess I should have mentioned this when we talk about education, but I actually started college as a nursing major and stopped about halfway through. I was already in, <laughs> like in, a, in a nursing program and was like, actually, this isn't for me. This isn't right. And I had a lot of people in my life telling me, I think you made a mistake. I think you really screwed up. And I, I think you're really going to regret this for the rest of your life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And and I switched my major to psychology. And I just felt like nursing was not right for me. And now I can look back and go, that was completely my spirituality, pulling me where I was meant to go mm. in my life. And um, it, was, it was just a really hard journey. And it was like I really had to fight to get my bachelor's. And then by the time I stepped into the master's program, it felt so natural and like it was meant for me. So that's a big accomplishment for sure. Um and then also just maintain like just cr- kind of like what Jenna said creating a happy life for yourself when like you don't you didn't know what that was supposed to look like. Yeah. <laughs> and like just knowing that every day I'm, you know, do whatever I'm doing, internship, work, school, I'm happy and excited to go home every day. Like that is like makes my heart happy. So. That is awesome. Nice.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of bravery. Like, I know Emma has bravery in her top five. I'm not sure that it's in ours, the others. But I think that bravery, it it takes a brave person to stand up and go, actually, that's not right. Like, we got to do this differently. This isn't going to be a good fit. Mm. And then to move forward with intention without a model of how to do that.
1: Mm. Right? Interesting that, like, none of us actually ended up, in the, like, majors that we had originally started with, n- oh none yeah. of us ended up in those careers. No, absolutely. Everybody changed. No, but none of us ended up in that space. Everybody was, like, brave enough to say, "Right, this is a poor fit. And, and I, it, it
0: always is surprising to me when students come into my office and are saying, like, I want to change my major. And, and they're so anxious. I'm like... I don't know very many students who have entered college and ended with the degree that actually started. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I know very, very, very few. Like, maybe two total. Like, it just doesn't happen. And I don't know why we, in our society, it seems like a societal thing, right? Mm -hmm. Where, like, if you don't finish what you start, there's something wrong with you. Or why didn't you figure it out when you were 18 years old? Like, seriously, if nobody knows what they want to do when they're 18, except for that one or two people I know.
1: So many <laughs> so many careers are a little bit different in actuality than they right. are in, like, the practice is different than the education. And you're right. not actually getting the experience of what your job's going to be like. You're just learning about it. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, those two things don't always match up. So when you get into some of the fields, you may be like, wow, this is far different than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, this is a vast difference. And right. And it's you not don't what know. I wanted. But how would you know until you got yeah. into it? Mm-hmm. You don't know
0: what you don't know. And you tried it, and it wasn't a right fit, so you move on. Like, and, yeah, I think it's just, it's actually much more healthy, just mm-hmm. to be able to say, yeah, I think I made a change. I think it's a better fit for me.
1: And I think, too, like, when you are still in high school and things, you're so influenced by, like, your families and your parents' wants and needs and just, like, the needs of all the people around you. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to like that enmeshment. <laughs> that mm-hmm. enmeshment. That enmeshment. It's really good and wonderful to have family units, but like finding out what your own passion is aside from people pleasing mm. is really important. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. How has being a part of the Center for Well Being impacted you?
3: No pressure because we're talking to the person
0: who founded <laughs> the Center for Well Being. No pressure. No pressure at all. It all better be positive.
2: I love <laughs> this hand group, like, this hand-picked group of women that you've selected. I, honestly, every single person that is a part of the Center for Well-Being, I truly love, like, as an individual person, and I think you've built a really great team. So that's what I, like, I don't know. I just really enjoy the experiences. I feel like we're all very positive, and we're all trying, like, even if we don't have like kindness in our top five we're all very kind to one another and trying to encourage each other and just we're all trying to grow and really make an impact like that's what I enjoy
0: about it. That's awesome so just kind of following up there Katie is that we do have several people that are not on this podcast today right so we have um, Anna Claypole and Anna is Social media and marketing manager. Um, we also have Gilletta Gilgi, our program manager. And then we also have um, Coley Bandy, who is our training and onboarding manager. And then um, we also have this wonderful support staff. So we have Addie Nelson, who is our social media producer and general kind of gopher do all sort Thanks, of person. Anne. <laughs> And then Rachel Nelson, who is our podcast manager, who will, you know, have been spent a lot of time on this podcast. So I absolutely agree that without the two of them, this would not be happening. Like, there's just no way. All of us are so busy, and without a really solid support staff, this would be really, really difficult. So those are the other five people that are also part of the Center for Wellbeing.
1: Uh, (laughs) No, it feels like this very intentional, like, carefully (coughs) curated community. Mm-hmm. that's like ju- and that's really wonderful to be a part of like, especially with like the positive focus of it too because I think sometimes um, women get a bad rap for like tearing one another down mm-hmm. oh yeah. and it is absolutely not one of those kind of environments. Like this is a place to be built up mm-hmm. and, and that's just really helpful and reparative too for those of us who had experiences in places that haven't always been this like right. loving and welcoming and positive
0: yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for j- adding that, Jenna. I appreciate it.
1: Well, I do I do
3: love the environment here. I just I have to echo those two. And I love being around like really cool, smart, powerful women mm-hmm. because I can look up to them and also work alongside them. It's really cool. But also, I just I love learning and I love helping other people learn so much that I love that this organization is dedicated to spreading positive psychology and character strengths and that kind of thing throughout the community.
0: Yeah. that That's the goal. The goal is to, you know, be able to provide this to as many people as we possibly can. That's why we're doing the podcast, mm-hmm. right? Is to be able to have an opportunity to to spread some of the positive things that we know. The good things that come out of psychology. It's not all it's depression not all and Freud. anxiety and trauma and Freud. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. hundred percent. Okay. So, um, ladies. I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today in our podcast. I'm looking forward to it. I am very much looking forward to having this podcast and and continuing to work together and talk about all the cool stuff that's coming out of positive psychology and how to actually apply it to people's lives. I think that's part of the goal is not just here's some information. It's what are you going to do with it? We're going to give you some practical things in the future to be able to um, work with that for sure so um, on our this is kind of our exit out of the podcast is one way that you used your powers for good this week so um, Friday was a hard day we um, laid concrete in a driveway that is ginormous and didn't order enough concrete and at the same time ordered too much concrete yeah it's a long story <laughs> won't go into it and partway through I could feel the frustration And at other times, I was at the edge of tears because it's very, very expensive, and I didn't know what to do. And so I just had to continue to use my critical thinking like and I actually used all of my top five strengths like what else are you gonna do like love of learning I now know how not to pour concrete <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. a good lesson right my spirituality just like be grounded this is not the end of the world like you're gonna be fine my perseverance like just keep working the concrete it's going you know do the best you can with what you have spiritual did I say spirituality I don't know but it's not the end of the world again right L- like both of those things um and then um, my honesty, like, okay, you're just feeling really sad about this. It's okay to feel sad about what's happening here. Re- acknowledge it, move on. You're feeling really frustrated. It's okay to be frustrated. This isn't what you planned. This isn't what anybody planned. You know, everybody's feeling similar things. So, like, just being authentic with myself and then not just letting that, like, lash out at people. And just, you know, put the f- smile on and keep persevering. So I think that's how I used my powers for good this last week. In a really difficult situation that I didn't know I was going to be in.
2: So I went on. Uh, my husband and I like to go for hikes, so we went on a hike to a place we haven't been before. Um, there's this like area kind of over down by the river, and I didn't know this because um, it's like a private park. But I guess they we pulled into the parking lot and they had a rattlesnake warning, and I was like, mm. Ugh, No, thank you. And <laughs> my husband was like, Well, you don't want to go, and I was like. Okay, well I have to go now. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> no, 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 we're fine. And so I was like so afraid anytime we got to the tall grass. And he's like, well, we're going to the water. And I was like, what if I don't want to? He's like, well, we're going. <laughs> so we go down there and I'm like, okay. So I just really honestly tapped into my spirituality <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> let there be no snakes. And I don't want to get bit by a snake. And da-da-da-da-da. And I yeah. just kept like trusting in my spirituality that everything was going to be fine and i just mm-hmm. walked and walked back and it was it was still a beautiful hike and as soon as mm. we got away from the water i was Literally <laughs> <so. laughs>
0: fine. Persevering challenges, because I mean, people hear this word s- positive psychology. We think it's all about the good stuff. No, it's about what are you going to do with the really hard stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's not. We don't think that life is all lovely and flowers and roses and rainbows and unicorns and all that stuff. No, positive psychology is very real, and so, but giving you a new tool to be able to use to overcome that, like that's awesome.
3: One way I used my powers for good this week um, was. I had to learn how to do something on a uh, certain statistical software that I thought I already knew how to do, <laughs> but I evidently didn't know how to do it, and it severely humbled me, but I used my perseverance on it, and perseverance is in, like, my bottom three, you guys, so it was very hard to do, <laughs> but I did it. I finished the task. I didn't have a mental breakdown, and then my laptop crashed, and I lost all the work, but that's, that's a story for another time, so.
1: But mine is a, kind of a silly one. Again, Um, Humor. Oh always, mm-hmm. coming clutch. Um, <laughs> yes. My daughter is really allergic to mosquitoes, we have found out, um, because she got bit on the eyelid. Oh no. oh, no. And it looks like I beat my child. I oh bet. <laughs> she had a huge black eye. Like, all weekend, we were at baseball games. Oh. And this poor thing, like, everyone would come up and be like, oh, how <laughs> what is wrong with this baby? <laughs> I just picked her up from her dad's. Anyway, I had to make like jokes and things mm-hmm. all weekend long, and yeah. we had to keep her spirits up, because if she saw herself in the mirror, she was like... <laughs> I was like, it's fine. We're just gonna get a pirate iPad. We're gonna be a pirate mermaid. <laughs> Things are great. It's be fine. It was great yeah. by the end of the weekend, but um, we had to mm. use a lot of humor. A lot, a a lot humor. of humor. Yeah, she was covered awesome. in band
0: aids from head to toe. Poor thing. No, <laughs> poor thing. That is awful. Well, again, thanks a lot, ladies, for joining me today, for being the co-hosts of Naturally Strong and for being part of the Center for Well-Being. I really appreciate it. Please take the VIA Character Strength Survey on our website at naturallystrongmt.com. Click on the link in the show notes. It'll take you straight there. I hope you enjoyed the opportunity to get to know us a little bit better on the first episode of Naturally Strong. We look forward to future episodes and the opportunity to get to know you as well. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to our co-hosts, Jenna Christensen, Katie Cavley, and Emma Power for joining us during that energizing introduction. We hope the opportunity to get to know us was beneficial to you. As always, thanks for listening to Naturally Strong. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us. And be sure to come back next time for a discussion of We Did Not Decide. Um, Until (laughs) then, (laughs) this is Cameron Nelson, and don't forget to use your powers for good. Naturally Strong is sponsored by the Center for Well-Being. The Center for Well-Being is a woman-led organization using research-based programs to provide awareness and education in fostering positivity and resilience The staff at the Center for Wellbeing believe that creating authentic connections and community involvement are essential in empowering individuals to harness their unique strengths and flourish in all areas of life.